The views, information or opinions expressed during the Journey podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and does not represent Wise Words Imaging or any other company. Wise Words Imaging is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy. Any of the information contained in the podcast series is available from the respective owner. Enjoy the show. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain that. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimal relationship. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't usually leave unedited material out, but this interview was so unique that I had to leave it as it was. Now, you may hear me a bit muffled, but that's only because I haven't got the setup to have a proper mic and proper studio facilities. But nevertheless, this open and frank interview between myself and Tigger was really amazing. And you will hear from both sides, the real Tigger and the real David. Enjoy. following is rated R. It contains adult language and adult content. Discretion advised. To be brutally honest, I literally started self-identifying as autistic maybe three months ago. Wow. Yeah. So. And you're now 21. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so it's a bit of a journey for me, but, but we can, we can have a natural, because I mean, the people that listen to you know about your journey, you used well, to a college, you've transferred yeah. from one country to another. Well, wow. The journey, obviously you've seen it. I have traveled to America in the last few years. I've gone to America. That's a big step. Mm. In college, even when you first knew me originally in Cornwall College, I never identified myself as autistic, even though they wanted to get me there. Yes, I seem do I remember that? Yeah, yeah, it's and a long then, time ago for me. I'm getting on a bit, but yeah. That, well, that was from years ago. And I'm not going away. Oh, and God, then I it? went to Trower College. And I used my tutor there, my own tutor, you know. God, that is, isn't it? That was 2004, 2003, 2004. Because I took time out from Cornwall College after I did what I did in Cornwall College. And then I went to Crow College to start again. Well, I'd be dead nosy. How did you get to America? My wife. You've seen her. Oh, of course, right. <laughs> God, it, it must be. It, it, I've never been to America. I've only ever been to Nepal and like holidays in Spain and Portugal and stuff like that. But my God, it must be an amazing country to live in. But yeah. awkward but, at the moment, I suspect. But, but talking about journey, that's where if you need. You know, white walking places are white words for you in the bio. I described it as big journey. Yeah. Because that's why I called the podcast the journey. The journey, yeah, no, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And everyone has a journey in their own life. Yeah. But I've only so, started self identifying myself a bit more so since my wife is Tommy, you're autistic, but Asperger's. 
because I didn't want... I don't get me wrong, I've always known I've had it. Yeah. But I've been the one to put barriers up and say... Well, I... I mean, you know, I've, I've worked for years. I'm I'm doing a lot of rethinking about terms and terminology, even about what I teach. We're looking at what I've done in the past with terms of whether I agree with some of that now, some of it I don't. So I'm on a really big journey myself because I'm thinking I don't agree with that anymore. I'm learning a lot about autism culture. So this morning I was chatting to somebody in Abu Dhabi, is it? It's my international day today. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm chatting to somebody in Australia and it's all to do with the world of autism. And also I'm learning a lot from some of the awesome people I'm working with now. But the culture of autism, uh, the autistic world is changing big time. Well, and a lot of the, the, the models that I was used to, I don't agree with anymore. So mm. I'm very much more of a autism pride, being, you know, aware of, of who you are and our differences and, uh, you know, and helping people accept them mm. and accept us who we are. It's not anything wrong. You know, you horrible, term, bad. You can't use your term autistic now, but can you? But you use the ASD term? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. In Britain, in Britain, the professionals have ASD and ASC. But we, we can talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. Let's start it. We'll talk about yeah, asking yeah, these yeah, questions on the podcast. Because we'll, we'll talk. Could, so could, I have to say, <laughs> it is really, really good to see you. What time is it there for you? Um, currently, just after quarter past ten. In the oh God! Well, okay. Well, I've 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 been on a lot, so I'm going to be careful. I'm now moving on to water. I've been on um, I've been on this morning for a couple of hours with somebody. That's Lady in Abu Dhabi. Um, we had a few technical issues. I hope we don't have any technical issues here. Yeah. But I know. Wi-Fi <laughs> I know. Bear with me one second. I'm just going to open. Well, I'm just going to keep one pod in. I think. I'm just opening the doors a sec. Okay. Um, It's a day of parcels I wasn't expecting. <laughs> so um, I'm expecting a parcel later. The Amazon didn't expect, and then I've just got an email saying a, sh a shirt I ordered is on its way. And I'm thinking they're supposed to be all coming tomorrow, but oh well. <laughs> so if you're happy to start, yeah, it's just recording, so we can start and I'll edit. And you can, I think you just stop so you can edit your side or your side. I think. Brill, 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 brill. So, hello. it says 4pm here, so that's great. It's supposed to be loading about 4. So, hello, fire away. As I say in Macatron, hello. <laughs> God, yeah, hello. It's been a while. Oh, and the only reason I know about autism a lot more myself is because when I was with a previous partner, you probably didn't know I was back in Pearl College in 2007. But I went back to Pearl College in 2006-2007. I had a partner. And she fell pregnant, and we had to do a special painting course with mm, um, yeah, yeah. the <coughs> American Debbie. Didn't I see you in town? I, I saw you in Truro. Yeah, in Truro. I remember now. Yes, I do, I remember. In the middle but, of Truro, I saw you. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things for me. But, yeah, um, yeah. What's her name? Debbie, Debbie. What's her name? What's her name? Debbie Anyway, she was American. And it was um, basically we had to do the course through social services recommendations that they hmm. we was at. And don't mind Jamie because it is a study. They thought we were at risk of neglecting her, and she was put on a child protection list four months before she was born. Hmm. And she was born healthy, ten pound ton baby, you know, lovely hmm. baby. Hmm. But we never really had a chance to bring her physically 
own as in her own name, the adjective. As soon as she was born, she was on top of it. As soon as she was ready to come home, she had to go to her mother and baby room. But because I was so resilient in my baby, I didn't want to stand by her, there to find a mother, baby, and, you know, pay that price mm. for me. So we mm. went to Aspen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we had to have assessments, and then that failed because they didn't have the full capability of ensuring that we'd be able to be safe there. So they moved us to just outside Vegas. There's a place okay. in Vegas area. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was that was two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Two thousand six. Wow. Wow, a long time ago. And she's now fourteen. Wow. So that does make me I was like when I knew you back in the day, your daughter was a teenager. She was a youngster, yeah. I mean I left that college in two thousand and thirteen. Mm. Um, you were still in college when I was doing that course. Did you? Yeah, I think I was. I was based down at a place called Tugai, which is away from the main campus. Oh, I um, so, so we knew each other a long, long time ago, and we bumped. It. I know this is really. I had hair, didn't I? I think um, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, and a beard. Yeah, this is this is really short now because if I let it grow, it is pure white. Wow. And I thought, ah, no, I'll let it. I'll, is it I know you can't see around my life because I haven't got a good studio life, but my hair's been in this thing where it's like... Mm, oh, I've just, I've, just, I've, just, I've just accepted it gracefully. The if beard's really it... short, the hair's gone. So there we go. Mm. So, I've shaved it all. So, yeah, she was born, obviously. We had the assessments. Things went wrong, but we still had to go to this college course, which is called Clarenton's Opening Doors Course. And... Um, that went okay, but because hmm. I'm not trying to stand in my partner at all because it's not fair, but she had the difficulties herself. She had mental health issues herself. I'll give one example, and I know she doesn't listen to this or even watch it, so I can say When something didn't go away, she collapsed to get attention. And for someone like me, who was not deliberately mindful of autism then. I was aware of it and I was aware of that. Mm. But for me, it was overload. And the situation got so worse that when she was even pregnant with my daughter, I had to sort out something personally in the city centre in the bank. And I said, I've got to sort it, I've got to sort it, out they will take further action. She said, okay. I knew she was pregnant, I expected that, and I was just going to say, after you finished with them, that's all I'm She ended up collapsing in the middle of her city centre, just because she wanted to get the attention. Well, that is now, you said your daughter's now how old? 14. 14, that was so many years ago now. And you find yourself in America, which is awesome. And I don't, so you kind of... I don't see my daughter, don't get me wrong. I've <coughs> seen men, and I'm not going to say where, Mm. I find they do find it, they might block me, but I have seen I know where she is attending school. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of that. It's probably seen on my Facebook several times, how many times I've seen now, how many times I've been there, I've seen now, she's been around school. And she's also on the autistic sp
more. Yeah. So, the journey. Yes. America. Yes. A bit of a long way away from here. Different time zone, which I'm, I'm trying to be, be trying to keep aware of. Thinking, right, right, it's late, and I think I'm just checking to make sure that's it. It's later than I think for you. Um, well, time zone and it's about 10, 11 hours flight time. Wow. Um, the longest ever flew someone was to Nepal, and um, that that shattered me. My wife got. I went a couple of times. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Say again. My wife got pinned in Nepal. Oh, I love the Paul. It's Kathmandu and Pokhara. And I worked with individuals who were awesomely autistic and who had learning difficulties and so on. It was brilliant. Loved it. Learned a lot, but basically got used to the long air flights, which I, I didn't like. And um, got used to the heat, which I'd never had over here. I'd never been anywhere so hot in my life. Um, I was chatting. Well, it's, I, I was chatting to someone this morning from Dubai. And she was saying that it was a, a cool, I think, 36 or something. And I was like, because I said, winter's starting here. It's getting a bit nippy. I've got, you know, the shorts have long disappeared. It's now autumn gear I've got on. But so we, we, we knew each other years ago. Yes. We caught up on Facebook. And I only connected up with Facebook because I saw your face. I recognised you. It was a face I was familiar with. I was seeing your work. You know, I was proud of what I've seen there. It made me intrigued more because obviously autism or ASD is not the term what it was when we was growing up. You know, you're a bit older than me. A, 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 a little bit. A little bit. So we said in our preamble, so much has changed. Um, I have very recently had the self-realization that I am awesomely autistic. Everybody I know that self-identifies or is diagnosed and identified has gone kind of like, yeah, you didn't know. No, I didn't. I didn't have that realization. I kind of, somebody asked me last year who I met and he went, are you autistic? I went, I'm just Tigger. And he, and he went, yeah, you are, but didn't follow it up with me. Yeah. And so, so I've, yeah, so sort of like my journey is, I mean, you know, I, I worked, I worked at a college environment. I worked in education. I loved it. I worked with some incredibly awesome people um, and loved that, that job, that journey that I did there. I left there in 2013 and, and went to do what you see now, which is which is freelance. So I've always been involved in the autistic world. I never knew why I felt so comfortable there, but I do now. Mm. I never knew why I could go into a classroom and think this isn't right. I uh, could understand why a student didn't like this, why somebody didn't like that, because it's just part of who I am. Oh, and now I know why. Yeah, part of my brain, isn't it? It's, it's awesomely, you know, awesome autistic. I can see things, I can sense things, I can smell things that maybe, you know, for, for want of a, a generalised term, neurotypical individuals can't. So so that's why I think I've loved the job for so long. I've been really passionate about the job that I do. Mm -hmm. And then COVID, regrettably, has hit um, our awesome planet. And now you see me doing all of this. You see me with microphones and webcams and monitors and youtube clips and all the rest of it because i've had to, to kind of reinvent myself online um because that so to speak is the way to go so freelance wise i was still teaching i was still talking to people i was working with families doing conferences all that kind of stuff all around the world of autism and related areas and loving it but certainly that journey has taken a um a leap boom in the past you know six seven months because my whole world as so many other people's did completely changed mm. um i was working a lot in schools in cornwall i was doing a lot of conference work and it's just stopped 
because you can't you know you can't go out you don't want to you know you're gonna be very careful of um you know being safe around covid and so forth and i don't know when it'll come back because when you're autistic you mind oh yeah no my my partner would say to you that i i have researched it to the nth degree and i think one of the things i have i have um i have a a time limit with her and it's 6 p.m at night so after 6 p.m at night i'm not allowed to talk covid because i'll just go oh, i've read this i've read that and there's that research project and it's saying this and then by 6 p.m she's like mm. and i totally respect that that's my cutoff point unless i'm giving permission or she asks me a question i go do you want to, this is a COVID answer? She goes, yeah, great, go for it. And I've gone for it. Then she'll go, right, that's enough now. And I go, okay. So I have researched that, man. I think just before COVID happened, um, before we went to lockdown in Britain, I think a couple of weeks before I contacted her and said, you need to think about this. You need to think about that. Please don't get scary. You know what my mind's like, boom. And she was brilliant. And I think um, Contagion, the movie, if you've ever come across yeah, it. Uh, I researched it, it went good movie to watch. I went, okay, I've seen it before already. I watched it two or three times we went into lockdown. Whereas I've got lots of friends who've gone, you, you shouldn't watch that, it's really... And I went, no, gave me a lot of information. Don't touch your face, don't do, it, don't do that. So, so yes, yeah, so I overthought it, but I overthought COVID and lots of other things because that's how I get my security. I delve into it. I work out the facts as I see them from various other people, reptile people, scientists at all. And I think, right, that's okay. I know it's coming. Or I know what... And you've the got the personal attacking yourself as well for comfort. There was a time where you had the person. You've got hmm. the dog close to land. I mean, that's my, I've, I, when, I, when I knew you, I had a dog called Gellert. Yeah. Uh, Collie Crossetter, he was my first dog. 10, 11, 12 years we had him. Absolutely adored him. Sadly, like most dogs, he died. And now I've got Mrs. Pebbles. You might see on the old YouTube yeah, clip. Mrs. Pebbles is... <laughs> yeah, that's my, my partner's dog. Um, but Mrs. Pebbles and I just um, clicked from the first moment we met. I was really, I was really anxious about meeting um, her dogs, uh, I think, which some people understand and some don't. I was thinking, if I don't like the dogs, really, if I don't like the dogs, this is going to be really difficult. Adore the dogs. There's two of them. There's Mrs. Pebbles and her daughter, Bluey who's about four years old. Mrs. Pebbles is 12, just had a birthday. Was she 11? I can't remember. And um, that's bad of me. But no, no, so I use, you know, I, I'm, and I, in the video I gave the story of going to a party somewhere only about two years or so ago. And somebody said, has anybody seen Tigger? And I was under the piano with their dog. And I'm, what was I been in, like 50, 52? And I was under the piano, lying on the floor, chatting to a dog. And the dog was like, hi, how are you doing? With his paws on me. And I was, I was like tickling its neck and thinking, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I like animals. I like dogs a lot, and and not all dogs, um, but but Mrs. Pebbles, yeah, without showing that, absolutely gorgeous. And from a sensory viewpoint, her smell, yeah. her paws is like her breath. Maybe not, sadly, because <laughs> she's getting on a bit. But her paws, God, yeah. It's just a feel and texture, isn't it? To me, it's the smell of a pause. Would you believe? It's the yeah, it's the smell of a pause. She is old. Um, she's having some dental work done. Her breath is like whoa, <laughs> but I've even got used to that now because it reminds me of her, so to speak. But no, so so for me, professionally and personally, the journey um, in the past six months or so has been huge, and I've been lucky enough, though my career has changed incredibly, I've been lucky enough to develop my online world here. I mean, I'm pointing. There's, there's, there's ring lights. There's, there's microphones. There's gimbals. There's everything I've invested in. 
that's the thing I'm going to get to ring right. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, I've, I've, I've got this. God, can I see this here? I think I've just got it caught on cables. There's, there's, there's a ring light, right? Mm-hmm. But what I do that on my screen is a, a little LED set of lights that go across the top, and they light me up. Mm-hmm. And then here, if I do that way, there's a the microphone, and and so yeah, I invested in it and and realised that this was the way forward for me, and this is how I was going to connect with my population, people that would employ me or people that would listen to me people would learn from me people i could learn from meet people old friends so so yeah a year ago if somebody had said to me you'd do this youtube channel you'd sit in front of a webcam you'd talk to people from across the clothes so i'm just adjusting the webcams it wasn't central i would have gone no don't like it don't like it at all and i brought all this stuff and it sat in boxes for about a month and i thought i don't i don't want to do this i don't want to do this and then all of a sudden boom i'm really comfortable sitting here and i really like it because i can't go to schools, I can't go to colleges, I can't go to conferences, I can't go to families' homes at the moment because you can't. Um, and so, it's yeah, the so. same thing when you're on a Zoom meeting at because you like to just meet people. Oh, yes, very much so. Forgive the water. Um, but you know, the personal interaction, you know, I'm talking to you by Zoom now, but if there was any other way, I would have been in flow if I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, that is weird. I mean, things I found which are interesting from an, from an an internet point of contact is you miss so much of the communication aspect in terms of body language, environmental awareness, but that kind of helps from a sense viewpoint as well. But also because I'm using maybe different parts of the brain to study and to process and decode the communication I'm getting visually and audibly, I find that um, whereas I could I could go somewhere and, and teach for you know like a, a whole day. On Zoom now, I'm kind of like, whoa, I'm kind of like a couple of hours, two and a half hours, and I'm shattered. Mm. And other friends I know that have entered this world as well said the same, oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's in, because we're not used to it. It's really time for a, that part of our brain. Mm. But I am loving it. I am loving it a lot, I must confess. Well, this, you're my third interview option, and my yeah. third official podcast with a digital person. My previous cool. podcast have been pre record stuff that I found and just re and put together. Yeah. But the last one before you was with Paul Irwin and Jeremy Brock, and they were the two original coaches of Patterson. Oh, right. Wow. That is cool. So I interviewed them now. They started Patterson. We read the idea of Patterson. So I can remember watching that when it started. My, but that's where my aspect is in, because everyone used to say I was fascinated with watching Patterson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, my, my pod, podcasts for me, it's just I've had to do it. Um, um, I haven't, you mentioned about editing. I haven't learned how to edit a podcast yet. That's my next thing I've got to learn. Audio, if you've got audacity, that's the easiest one. Audacity, I've, I forget, I'm looking at what I've got here. I don't know if I'll be able to, I mean, it might be if I've got video based, but I've been using um, name dropping. There are more products available. I've been using Kindmaster on my YouTube clips and you know I had to I just had to do YouTube clips sit down and I'm only like two weeks into that or three weeks into it and I'm learning to edit I'm learning to put background noise in I'm learning to change the imagery give me a month the YouTube clips will be even better I've only just started to put a little front bit in and some 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 titles uh, I would like to do some music you know you look at what other people can do and it, it, it can all be done amazingly it can all be done from this can't it yeah it's amazing it's, it can all be done from the phone now 
Um, I bought extra stuff because I researched it because I wanted to look at it thoroughly. Yeah. And also, my partner is an actor and a voice artist, and she does books on Audible and, and so forth. And she was saying, no, you need to get a good mic, you need to get, you know, if you're going out. So I invested in it all and thought, right, this is what I'm going to do. And yes, yeah, you know, I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. Well, the reason I'm so comfortable on Zoom and behind the mic, even though I've got no physical mind, is because I spent 10 years working for a community, well, volunteers as a community radio station. Where was that, in Cornwall? Yeah. Which That's one was it? It's the one I mentioned to you when I first started talking to you about Christian things. things that was it. God, yeah. And incidentally, I saw, because you're my old college lecturer, yeah. I went to Post FM, or as it was back then, and they won't mind me name dropping the motion for them. But back then, it was Penrith Community Radio. And I was with one of my other partners, I mean, partners I've had over the last 10 years, but I'm now stable, so much like that. Good. But I was on the bus with my partner this time, and I was saw someone other night, and he's my old school teacher. I don't know if you heard of him, Alan Jones? Maybe. He was I may be confusing the name with something else, but yeah. Well, Alan, well you think of someone now, but Dr. Alan Jones. Popish man, into his magic. Oh, I do know him. Just mentalist type stuff. Yeah. Tricks and oh yes, I remember meeting him years ago. I first met him on a course, yeah. and he said to us, "You just need to know about the human brain. You just need to know where the eyes look, the tone of voice. It's actually isn't impossible." Wow. And I was fascinated by it. God, yeah. That's why I'm so good at Macintosh. <laughs> good. As well as Mr. Tumble. <laughs> good. I mean, would you believe, um, I don't do so much Macintosh now, but it's starting to go on the rise again. Next year will be my 30th year as a registered Macintosh tutor in Britain. And that's that's because he's older than my daughter. It's crazy. I've been doing Macintosh since 1991. Um, and for, uh, when I knew you, it was a huge part of my life. Because I was teaching. Taking off more so because programs like something special was only just that. Oh, I can, I can remember going to. We used to have to go to tutor meetings in London. I remember going to my tutor meeting and them saying, Oh, the BBC are interested in doing a program. And I remember looking at other tutors going, Oh, that'd be so cool if that happened. And the rest, as they say, is history. Because that's decades old now and really cool. Well, that's and that's that transformed Mackerton. That's why I identified you on the poster like that, because that's what I've been doing. Now. Yeah. Cool, even though you're not calling But I've, I've, I've loved using Magaton. I still use it when I can, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and it's it, it was a huge part of my life. I mean, I signed about 15 years. There was nobody else in this county of Cornwall signing, I think, I as a teacher based on it. was just me. I always got on with disabled you know, adults and I mean I was using it um as a as a I think I was the only teacher possibly, certainly in Cornwall, maybe Plymouth and Cornwall, I'm not too sure. There was another lady Devon wise, I remember her. But no, no, for fifteen years or so there was nobody else in this county doing it. Mm. So I did 
you folks at college, I did evening classes, I did classes at the weekend where I was teaching people, and I was so lucky to be able to do that. And, and I think, um, when you actually see and you learn, and then they see it for real, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting now because a lot of people that know me now see me as this guy in the autistic world, and sometimes we meet people. So we met somebody the other day, and we went, Oh, it's Cornwall's Mr. Tumble, and I kind of thought, Yeah, that's, that's nice, but it's been. Not yet, not yet. I did do um, a friend of mine cornered me into a fancy dress event several years ago, about four years ago, three and a half years ago. And he said, Look, we're going to call it um, Come for a Run with Tigger or something. And I hunted round Tigger in a tutu, that's what it was, Tigger in a tutu. And I hunted round for ages. I got a, like a Tiger suit from Asda, which is a, a shop in Britain. Yeah. And I got a tutu. Yeah, oh yeah. And I got a tutu and we did a sponsored walk. That was it. And we raised money for the local National Autistic Society, which I, I, I'm chair of uh, in a voluntary role. And um, yeah, no, no, that was lush. Tiggering a tutu wasn't something I'd prepared for either, but it was really good fun. Well, it raising money for charity, which I love. Going back to what I was saying, because I've always had the inability to process job hunting full time, part time. <coughs> I saw, you know, Alan Jones. And he said, I'm part of this, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's only just started within the last year, and it might be good for you. So I said, okay, where is it? Can you tell me where it was? And he told me to meet up with my former volunteer manager, station manager, Dave Pasco. Yeah. In Campbell, local to me at the time, which is good. And I met him in Penzance, and he said, you're welcome to come here. We can do a train that um, at the time, it was a... Um, Company. It was like a reporter, community reporter. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they gave me a microphone. Can you go out and get Tigger's opinion on autism, for example? Yeah, yeah. And it's called Fox Pop. And then the old manager from there, and it became Dave Pastor full time. And he said, What about you doing a radio show? Because we've got someone who's going to be away one week. But I said, I'll do it. And I asked him if he could do it. So I did a cool. show in 2008. 12 years ago. Wow. 10 to 12 in the morning. Two hours. No, really? No script. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm doing what I'm doing now. And all I had was like 5,000 pipes at the time in front of me. And the microphone. I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't yeah. know what to say. But it came naturally. Yeah. And then I did a few shows. They gave me a full-time show then. One hour, I moved away. They gave me so on hour. I came back. They gave me shows again. And then towards the end, the last four or five years, I was in the role of a broadcast assistant, which is a club or ten for tea boy, coffee boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that stuff as well, yeah. Carrying the crates and making the tea and coffees, yeah. yeah. Buying the pasties, yeah. But um, it got to the stage where it actually got to be known as meeting with people guests, shake their hands, can you answer the telephone, can you do this, can you do that. I then was given the opportunity to do training with the safeguarding the disabled adults, mm. doing training for first aid, so they gave me the responsibility of Walsh within the station that was only really suitable for uh, more physical person, you could be more 
Now, mm. it's volunteer, there's no more. It's all volunteer. But they said, what about you coming in on church day and just helping me if I can't be there? And that's how it started. I tend to him like a unofficial duty manager. I mean, I, I say to people, I say this at college, I'm sure, I think the volunteer world is hugely important. And you're right, like you, I, I, I can't stand writing. I hate CVs. Well, I'm not saying this is like you, this is just me, yeah? Um, I, I'm not good at interviews. Um, <clears throat> I much more would rather learn hands-on. And, and what you can't get across in interview, because interviews just aren't made for people, really. They're just not right. I think interviews are really bad in most of their formats. They're beginning to change about last for a newer diverse population, which is lush, but they're just not good formats. And when people see you working, hands-on, seeing your skills develop and learning that's really what i can i said to most people do a volunteer job because that can get you work that can you, you you can interview then over a period of weeks or months can't you and, I've, and yeah, but I'm again yeah i only interviewed him because one, community, the elderly population, do rely on food. And if they can't go shopping, how are they supposed to get food? So they have to go to Wiltshire Farms. So, uh, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, I, I like learning, you know, as I'm doing something. I think that works for me. I mean, I, I tried watching YouTube clips about how to do all of this because I wanted to, like, <coughs> excuse me, create the shortcut, do it quicker. And I couldn't. I had to sit down and do this. Um... I even, I'll even be honest with you, I did my first Zoom with me. So, well, no, actually what I did was I said to my partner, I was upstairs, she was downstairs watching telly with the guys and stuff, and I went, just accept on the laptop, turn the screen down, turn the volume off, and I'll just be upstairs. And I did a whole hour just talking to nobody and forever looking, adjusting, thinking what worked with it. I've got a dual screen set up, thinking where I placed it, and just just getting used to doing this because to begin with I was like I, I you know I look in the camera and all this stuff I didn't know what to do and it's I know yeah and 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 the, I mean I've still got so much to learn um but the more I do this well it's like most things I'm 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 loving it I'm loving it I need to do more I need to learn more about this this world but I did, um I did radio for 10 years for how many years 10 years wow I mean, I did a radio Cornwall. I went in to be interviewed by them once. And would you believe I was petrified, absolutely petrified. It was about becoming self-employed. There's an organization down here called um, Outset. And they help people who want to become self-employed. They put you through, I think it's an eight-week training process or whatever. And I signed up and a couple of years later, they went, look, you're still self-employed. You're doing okay. Do you want to come and have a bit on Radio Cornwall? And I was absolutely petrified. Look at me. I'll talk for hours here. Um, but I, I was why, petrified. And if you do have any first, okay, because I do have the explicit on. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I won't. Don't worry. Um, but it was, but it's because I wasn't used to that format. But I mean, that come on, they've got the like you would have seen the big studio and the steps. And I was like, and you know, and but now I'm getting used to this, and uh, and I I love it as a way of sharing information. It will never beat face to face. I mean, I <clears throat> excuse me, I joke about my coffees. <laughs> I've got lots of different coffee cups, mugs, and so on. I and I, yeah, good. 
and even with friends, I'm saying get some cakes in, and we we we've I've done some bits where I've nattered with a coffee and cake, but it's not the same. I mean, I, I'll be honest here. I, I don't know. Um, it's obviously quite complex in your some country there too. But I went to a, um, a coffee shop here once. Um, a lot down at eased a bit, and I just felt totally uncomfortable. And it's somewhere that's where all my stuff come from. The autism coffee shop, <clears throat> which is a Facebook page I have, and coffee with Teague, All those connections came from a my love of coffee. But B, more often than not, if I was in a coffee shop, I was online doing stuff about the autistic world. I was talking to somebody about the autistic world and it all revolved around coffee. And I have to confess um, that I do miss. Um, and, and this, fun as it is, I'll never replace that. I'm looking forward podcast, to getting it back. Because I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. The last one I listened to before you started doing this was the coffee shop figure, which you were doing. And she's on the autistic spectrum, and just yeah, yeah. with the dog barking. Yeah, she's awesome. You didn't stop recording; you just regardlessly carried on. That's what we, we, I think. We we had to. I haven't learned to edit stuff out yet. I have on YouTube a bit, but not on this format. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, I was chatting to someone this morning, and a son went hello, and another lady I was chatting to her son went hi, and it was yeah. It's if you're okay with that, if permissions are there, then. We'll, we'll go with the flow. I haven't done visual-based stuff yet myself. Um, as in, I've been on them, but I haven't recorded one. I've, what I normally do on a podcast is I do this, and I just do the audio. Well, I was podcast, I yeah. my edited videos that you can put on your channel. Lush, I will, don't worry. Cross-reference. <laughs> I will, don't worry. I know what it's like. Because <clears throat> it's a full-time job. Because I've now got a Facebook page. Uh, Instagram and YouTube LinkedIn. and LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I forgot about LinkedIn. I'm just getting used to LinkedIn again. And I have to make sure each day I do something on all of them. So every day I'm looking at Instagram. Once a week or so I'm doing YouTube. I'm posting a lot on the Autism Coffee Shop because I love that. I love researching things and posting them when they're good. Um, and starting dialogue and also doing stuff on LinkedIn. And I was chatting to someone the other day. I was chatting to dear friend of mine and i'm I'm like this yeah and he said you know it's it's really bad to be on your phone all day long you shouldn't be doing um social media we talked about the the evils of social media so you shouldn't be doing social media that much and i said well i'm not actually doing social media when i'm working and i went do you want to look at my news feed i showed him my news feed and i would say a good 95 percent of that news feed is about the autistic world and And he was like yeah. Even for the autistic society in Cornwall, you find stuff which obviously people like and they just have to like because you have to respect what you share. But because you had to put a post out saying, I would allow it to be shared by a friend. Well, that's the, um, the bit about sharing stuff. Yeah, it's, so the autism coffee shop is one page. That's your And yeah, yeah, and I think that, that, would you believe that started from Nepal? I went to Nepal. <clears throat> a great friend of mine was an ex-student, got in touch with me and said, I'm working in Nepal, I'm working in a Christian school, and here, because of it's a Christian inclusive school, there are, there are students here with quite complex issues. Can you help? And I sent some ideas and so on. And we got chatting like this on WhatsApp, actually. And I went, really, I, I, I do by scene. And she just went, well, come out then. And I went, oh, there's no way I can come to Nepal. There's no way I can do that. And in the end, I did. And when I left Nepal the second time, I went several times, loved it, absolutely loved it. Beautiful people, beautiful country, bit hot, but beautiful country. Um, I thought one way of keeping in touch with them was to start a, 
a page. And and th- that was the precursor to the Awesome Coffee Shop, which was called something else then. I can't remember now, it's that long ago. And so I started the Facebook page for them, so I could send them stuff on autism, about the autistic world and about communication and so forth, even though they were, you know, all that way in Nepal. And it grew from that, really. Um, the That's shareable. So in the past two or three years, there's um, a national charity in Britain called the National Autistic Society. And each county, each area in Britain has a branch. And I was initially vice chair of the Cornish branch, and now I'm chair. That's a voluntary job. Um, And as that, I'm a representative of the National Autistic Society. So I have to abide, and rightly so, by their rules. And basically, basically what happens is if you if you open up anything to the public, and I'm sure you might know this, you open up anything to the public, some people have very strong views or wish to argue or wish to say things. And, and also if somebody asked for help, I'm not on that page 24 hours a day. And if somebody asked for help and I wasn't there, that'd be devastating. So um, so the, 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 the guidelines from the NES are, <clears throat> excuse me, I can put information up, but... Um, you know, I, it, it's it's non-shareable. It's not editable. Forgive me, mucking around my earpods. Um, sometimes they just annoy me a little bit. Yeah, no, um, I have them for you know, when I'm because I'm doing the talking about them. I have them in my ears when I'm standing roadside. Oh yeah, yeah, seeing your pictures, yeah. Um, but I do, I do I prefer them to headphones though when I'm doing this. I really do. Uh, but but the, the NES stuff, it's it's kind of like um, a closed site. It's for sharing information because if, forgive me again, if um, it, it's just to stop anybody being, you know, impolite, unprofessional, yeah, and trolls and so on. I mean, would, I mean, this is what I find fascinating. I remember chatting, we have branch officers that give us support. Um, as I said, the, the role with the NES hat on is voluntary. And it's a very, and we have a committee, and it, to me, it's very much. Uh, a committee led by autistic individuals so you know the insight the the understanding of the autistic world is there and um every now and again i get i get people from lots of um countries across the globe saying you know they want to join and i say well look it's, it's the nes cornwall can i ask why and you know they, they don't more often not they don't reply but on i'd say poor certainly during lockdown and certainly before, quite a lot of people that were not in Cornwall had nothing to do with the world of autism, just wanted to join, just uh, to have another place to, to talk about some discuss stuff. And I'll say to people, I'm sorry, it's not that kind of group. It's a closed group. Um, I mean, the question there is, you know, do you live in Cornwall? Are you a family member, uh, autistic, a, a professional parent, individual? That's kind of questionnaire. And um, and if you're not, then we respect it's a, it's a Cornwall county-wide group. There's NES branches of their own Facebook places in Plymouth, Devon, the Midlands, you know, Scotland and so on. (laughs) Yeah, well, no, that's fine with me. Um, Cornish is good. Um, And there's there's some exceptions. There's there's somebody on it who's who's a grandmother and her family is in Cornwall. And it's good to share information with her. So when she comes from, she's in France, when she comes from France, I think someone in France, then she's able to know what's going on and, and, and be up to date with stuff like that. But it's yeah no so one one page is very much share it and but even so I was, I was chatting on the other day this bit about having dialogue on social media um, I've seen the trolls and there's a lot of stuff going on regrettably in the autistic world where people have very strong opinions and it causes 
friction and misunderstandings and so on as there is in any online world and there's an awful lot that going on at the moment sadly across all formats mm -hmm. and and even you know i couldn't have an input where i discussed a lot of things online because i just haven't got the time you know there comes a time where i have to kind of like switch off and watch yeah, a movie you, you know yeah i have to be yeah, i just have to stop it and just think right no i can't now but that that to me is increasingly difficult my partner will say to you that she has to drag me away from the phone um and and when you're a freelancer which i am as well you don't work nine to five um yeah and it's you know um i'm working tonight i've got a parents group at 7 30 till about maybe nine um because that's how it is and then you know i might chill out for a bit in the morning which so sometimes i watch a movie but i watch it at like 9 30 in the morning <laughs> so that's weird isn't it you think oh, i'll watch a movie now and it's like 9 30. Whereas most people think they relax at like eight in the evening or something and watch a movie. But I do, I do love it. I'm really, I'm really, I'm so lucky. I mean, to a college where I worked was really great to me. I worked at other colleges as well. Yeah. And I, and I was, you know, they supported me. I learned a lot there, which was some great stuff. I met some great students over all those years, tons of marketing signing. And I'm, and if there's a world I'm passionate about, this is the world I'm passionate about. And I think that's been apparent since when I came to Cornwall in 1987. I was four. Really? Oh my God. So yeah, 1987, I came to Cornwall. Um, and I've, I've, I've loved it. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, originally, forgive me. Welsh heritage. I'm very proud of my Welsh heritage, but no accent. I love the Welsh. I adore Wales. North Wales, North Wales, Snowdonia, Hambedis, Carnarvon. <laughs> Sorry? You definitely the same as me because my grandparents, great grandparents, live in North Wales. I'm sure we've had this conversation before, yeah, you know. We have, you know, we have, haven't we? But and, then I, I was. And when I told my story in a minute, I was saying, yeah. <laughs> Well, I was, I was brought up in, in Wolverhampton. Um, but because of mum and dad's strong Welsh accent and speaking language, Welsh language at home, it kind of got rid of almost all, but not quite all, of the Brummie accents. So um, there's a bit of a, a Birmingham Midlands accent there, which people that know the Midlands go, you all can hear it. But there's a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of it that was sidelined a bit by mum and dad's you know, speaking Welsh at home and stuff. But no, I, 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 you know, I, I will talk about me for ages because I'm, I'm really bad at that because oh, I love to. Well, it is, so, because it's concentration, you Yeah. So, so, I yeah. mean, tell me about you. Well, I'm David, as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm now 37 years old. Oh, you're not, are you? Yeah. Oh, that ages me so much. Well, when you first met me, I was officially 17. Because I only just left school. Wow. Yeah, I was, wasn't I? I'll start from when you first met me. That's easy. Well, I did things beforehand, but they just put it down to the age of poppins and I was growing up, you know. And then I went to Cornwall College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a foundation studies course there. Yes. That's I did work there. That's how I met you. A long time ago. That's when I met you, foundation studies. In the new building, in the square building, that was it cool. Oh, was it really? My memory does get a bit fuzzy, I'm afraid. As you get older, it does. 
just in behind, I don't know if it's still... Yeah, remember the building, yeah. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. And I did a course called Multi-Options back then. Yep, I remember Multi-Options, yeah. I remember the team leader, yeah, yeah, yeah. The team leader, when I joined, was Rosie. Wow, that is going back to that's my memory, but yes, I do. <laughs> wow, I do, yeah. Never saw yeah, her, awesome. Never saw her again after why what explained what happened after that. I did the first three options, <laughs> which was computers, which mm. is on good on computers, um, one other, and then the third option was art. And I was starting my fourth option on childcare. And I was at a bad stage of my life. I was thankful to it because my mum's almost said, you know, the lesbian, you know, I won't deny that. I was finding life difficult. I was mm. not myself to be who I wanted. I was in a sheltered life. Mm. Mum never really took me to be accessible or something like Alfred or autism. I was just David. David got and it was giving me the idea when I started comedy that I was possibly but nothing was really done about but when I got to the full option of doing childcare I was with so-called friends this is probably will spark in memory as well and they told me I don't want to be in this class anymore can you do something and this was in the early days of mobile phones and was early days, wasn't and, it? And they told me because can you do something? They just gave me there, and because my mindset so naively, if I was naive at the time when I was doing it, I rang up the police and I said there was a bomb there, and the old colleague had to look back at me. So I didn't disobey why I just put the bomb there. Get out. That was pre nine eleven. Mm. So imagine if it's after nine eleven, it could have been mm. a lot worse. But I said, "There's a bomb in college. Get everyone out. It's going to go bang. You're going to die." I did that call on a Friday. I remember the day well. My mum picked me up to get my money because back then colleges had this thing called employment support tax allowance. No, not employment. Education school allowance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a grant which was awarded by the government of people on low income if you go to mm-hmm. five days a week to get thirty pounds. And she said, You're okay? I said, Yeah. But you knew something's up because I was always very panicky looking and I didn't think. I got back to college about 10, 15, 15 years later and the police were there. They evacuated the old college. The police came up to me, Can you have a word with you? Rosie was with them as well, and Trisha, the team, main team leader of mm-hmm. the Foundation Studies with his cousin. And they said, Can you come with us to see? I forgot who the principal was back then. Dr. Sammy? I can't remember hardly uh, anybody. I think, I think it. Mm. But they said, Can you come to the main principal for college? With me and Trisha. And the principal was talking to me. They, you know, didn't say anything. So I was unaware of what was going on. And I went to the principal's office and they said, David, we have reason to believe you did a bomb attack this college. 
Now we've been music. No, no, no. But they didn't take it gospelly and they arrested me down there for homeless. And I was took into the police station in Campbell and I was interviewed for, I was in the cell for about two hours and they interviewed me at three o'clock and they said, Okay, we're gonna release you but we want you to come back, but we want you to have psychiatric help, we want you to have these assessments. So I was suspended from, from college by that point. They said, we don't want you here, we don't want you to come back. And I went through, that was in March, and I went through that for about three months. Went to see, you know, community mental health team in home group mm -hmm. at the time. They assessed me as just being isolated, lonely, crying wolf, wanting to But they said, I'm no immediate threat. So, Please, I just released me and just gave me a formal warning at the time. I said, don't do it again, that's the worst person. Which was a blessing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they shouldn't have been. And then I moved to be with my grandparents, who were in the best in the world, because I'm a bit off Snowdonia. Mm -hmm. And mum said, I don't want you to be here, go with your grandparents and the blue then. And I was with them for about a few months. Started college up there for a month. 9-11 happened. I came back to England. My mum said, I've had enough. I don't want you to come back home. She had moved on in her life. She said, I've had enough of you because at the time, my autistic tendencies were where I was actually now. I'd be violent. Mm. So I had to find somewhere quick. I had friends. You know, elderly friends around me, and I do thank them to this day. And I still talk to them now because they're still alive. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a roof over my head for two, three days. And they said it can only be for two, three days. And I said, okay. And I had to go teach. I went to my school, which is just in behind the college, which is called mm -hmm. Academy now. <coughs> yeah, and I, yeah. And I saw my old, as I was called back then, then she puts it in Antilia. You know, someone to put down your necklace, make sure you don't do anything wrong. And I'd met her and I said, Look, I've got nowhere to go. And you have Even though I don't come here anymore. And I didn't go into college because obviously I was still suspended. And she said, Yeah, I help you. Got in touch with social surgery. I they found me a case pretty much just like that. Lucky on that same day. And I moved to the supported accommodation for people learning different not severe, moderate limb and it wasn't spectrum, it was just a private place, social services mm -hmm. in the and a thing called supporting people was organised back then, where mm -hmm. supporting people based in old country or, and they would give people money because they look after this supporting that house. And I will be blunt about this and there is basic specific item In that time I was raped in that Okay. I was abused. I moved to another place what they had. I was away from that person who raped me, but he's in the other house. I was told to move back from that up second house back to the first house where my rapist was, so I could see him again. I didn't tell anyone when I got raped. I was so shut off from it because I didn't want to say it out. So mm -hmm. I just it off. And my part, I was allowed to go back to community college, but I had to start from the bottom. 
So I'll give you more options. I can start from options plus. This is the very basic left or and I was the oldest there. And then one day I just started acting really badly. They obviously had diagnosed Asperger's and autism back then, but I still didn't acknowledge it. And I started getting snappy, bitchy, arrogant people, maybe what's wrong. I came out with the truth. The person who got raped me got away with it because he didn't record it as he should have recorded every section of something out of me. And then I moved to Croom, which was just outside Campbell, if anyone doesn't know where is. <laughs> Not Scotland. Mm. And there's a place out there called Bosworth, not in Swamble. There is a place just past Bosworth, which was for civilians, but I wasn't there. I was um, just before that, and that was private. That was not within. I was allowed to be myself. You know, I was mm-hmm. of my money for the first time. I was not told, here's your first £10 a day, David. In college, I was budgeted by my support workers from the old place to £10 a day. There's a pay packet, £10 in that, get yourself food, get yourself whatever you need. If I, I, to, I remember those I days, not not with you, I but I do remember that kind of system, which is really but, old now. But if I wanted anything major, I would have had to say, can I have X amount because I want to get that? And then they would have to pay me my money. Okay, you've got to pay for example, £500 David. That's worthwhile, you can get it. Mm. And in that pay packet as well was my blog on notifications and make sure I could mind it. And I'm not being nasty against the person who I was living with in the original place, but the support staff was nasty to me as well. And I'm not going to say the names because obviously I was like, yeah, no, that's yeah. But long time, because I was in this really low, low mood. I didn't move. I was really down in my depression. I didn't want to do anything. They got me up by throwing a cup of water at me and a bucket of water at me and made sure I got up. It's, if, if there's something I've seen over the past 30 years, I regret to be still there in, in Britain with our programs like Panorama and so on. I've, I've had that journey in care where I've seen some people who are not there because they care. They're not. They're there for power. They're there for lots of other reasons. They're certainly not there because they care. And on the whole, that's that's in the past. But it's. it's I mean, there was a panorama program several years ago, about seven years ago. Uh, lots of laws were put in place, and I think panorama did another program last year, where another care provider in Britain, another care home in Britain, and there was huge amounts of of, of horrible abuse, water pushing people over, being horrible to people and so on. Um, I'm positive about the world we live in because I choose to be. Um, That's my my mental uh, setup. But I do know that um, the care sector in Britain, in any country, isn't as awesome as it should be. People need training. People need support. They need to pay people you know the right way just for the incredibly complex job they do and they need to ensure that people that work there are there for the right reasons and it is it, there's still people that fall for the cracks and that's so so annoying and that's how you get to meet me the second time because i was in that supported accommodation and you know they encouraged me to go start again in college probably that's why i started to go to college mm. 
I can just, it's really, I cannot remember you at Cornwall College at all, because about that time I was I moving I from Cornwall College to Truro that. College. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <clears throat> but Truro College, yeah, no, that's that's where my... You was my main tutor. Yeah, that's my memory remembers us at Truro College, I must confess. Um, but you know what, something I've found, and whether it's part of my particular makeup, I don't know, there are, I call my brain a Swiss cheese brain sometimes, because there are huge periods where I'm like, I just, I'm just like, I don't know, I've I forgotten. <laughs> yeah, and I love, I love cheese. And um, tea, coffee and cheese, yeah. I, I remember meeting somebody several years ago at a party and we got on really well and we're chatting. And um, another friend of mine was there and he went, oh, wasn't it great to see so-and-so again? I said, yeah, he was a really nice guy. And I went, again? He says, yeah, he says, you, you worked with him for like nine months. I went, did I? And he went, yeah. And I went, I thought he knew a lot about me. And I went, I can't remember. And he went, you're joking. I said, no, I actually can't remember working. I worked in, um, in a, for a care provider on, on shifts, so to speak, as the term used to be, doing shifts with this guy at weekends and during the week of that. And I thought, I can't remember that at all. Um, might be an age thing, might be other things as well. But um, so I do remember you at True College. I do remember you starting at True College. But, Just. Yeah, but then there was issues there, and that's why I had to not with me misbehaving, it was just that I had a really bad breakdown and I was again, it leads back to relationship. I was in a relationship with a another student, I felt like I was being used by that person for their own needs, even though it was a relationship. And I just took out person in the class. We mm. did that thing, I think it's the end of term thing where it was part of the presentation to see if we can get the mark for I think it's speaking and listening, putting into speaking and listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had to produce like a quiz. Now, the quiz format we chose me in that part, and we did work even as, you know, students, we worked together. And I think that's one reason why we ended up fighting so much towards the end. She wanted it a set way. She broke up with me. And this is how messed up my mind was. When it came to that quiz, it was, why is David in a really, and I've also swear this one, but I've got something. Why is David pissed off with A, because he is, B, because he wants to be, C, because he's just had someone break his arm. I had a physical meltdown, yeah, I think I've got to down to now, mm. because of that person breaking up with me, and they had to take me out of the classroom. They didn't carry on with the quiz, obviously, because it's a two person mm. quiz. And they said, you know, no, I'm not. And they said, go away. And I had to go away, and I didn't go back. What year was that? That was 2004. 2004. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then, how I got to where I am now, 2005, my grandfather died. We had Parkinson's, we had COPD. Mm. Luckily, I was blessed to be with him when he passed. Because the weirdest thing is, my partner at the time, he was my daughter's mum, she said, I've got to go to Canada. She was pregnant, obviously, with my daughter. But she had to go to Canada. But she said, I, you know, my mum and dad will give you the money to go well. Now, back then, I did um, young person's welcome. And normally it would have cost me. Oh, I remember money. those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they, it would normally cost me back then £118. 
for open returns get to run down in random because they need conversations to Oliver to help mm. Oliver. And I said, um, okay, and I had to look at the price of And by chance, I've been stuck at them. It was a train ticket, open return, £43.50. I thought, weird, it's normally under £18. Now I have to go for our air for the area, but it still got me to where I wanted. And I chose that ticket. Next day, I had a phone call my phone, because I still had a phone. This was obviously when I was allowed to have a phone again. Yeah, can you come to North Wales? I said, I'm already in North Wales. What's up? This is a spooky Gwyneth, your grandfather is, and I knew he was, because last time I saw him, he only just got readmitted into hospital. Mm-hmm. So, can you come to the hospital? Can you bring your grandmother issue to that? Yeah, why? They just said, come and come in. I, I was, it's like six o'clock in the morning. I only just mm-hmm. got there like four hours, five hours previous. I said, okay, so I'm not coming down the floor. I said, man, you've got to go to the doctor. It's not good, because you always should be doing nothing now anymore. Um, she said, okay. She was out there herself. And then you had to then transport, come to the doctor. And we was there from about eight o'clock, because it takes an hour from where Nan was to the hospital. Doctor spoke to Nan and spoke to me by myself. Obviously, my implicit, I know most medical jargon. Hmm. And I said, no, it's not good. Can you try and get your mother up? So I was on the phone for about three, four hours. This was before me and mother stopped talking. And she said, why? I said, not looking good. Granddad's not going to make it. Well, I can't get there. I can't get there. I said, yes, but you need to be there. She said, I can't be there. And I remember about 5.20, I was on the phone to her. I said, can you get it? I'm fine, my husband, I can't be there. Five minutes into my grandfather's time. Mm. And I was with him. Now, that was my second major meltdown. Because I've always been close with my grandparents. Mm. When they said, there's nothing else we can do, because I knew in that last hour it was going to be very close. And he knew I was there, because I was sticking in his feet, so he knew I was there. Because he kept moving in the way. That's my feet, when they declared it, Nan started trying to have leave the room. I just stood there open and I was trying to myself. And I said, you're going to be a great granddad. Because up to then, Nan knew he was going to be a great grandma. But my grandfather didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. And I said, you're going to be a great granddad. That was on the 18th of August, 2005. Six months and a day later, my daughter and he was there when she was born, he was waiting to bite him. So, for that six months, you know, it's other than months, six months following, I was in this bubble of Granddad's going to come back, Granddad's going to come back. He was there when she was born, waiting to bite him. And I cried again. Mm. And then obviously we went through the rough, you know, political, I'll say, stuff of social service, because I don't want to be the family to mm. But we had to go through that. We had to go through six, seven months of that. And when she did get, you know, final hearing, she went to my ex-partner's 
sister, so of Auntie. And the first person she saw when she came through that door, we mentioned that, you know, her sister's taken. By chance, we didn't expect her to come back so soon. We knew she was out, but we didn't expect her to come back that day. She reached out and wanted me. She didn't want her mum, she wanted me. So she's like, open arms. And then Nan died eight years ago. So I'm jumping again now. So hmm. between <laughs> it's a stable ground. I did the radio, but that was my stable ground. So like, hmm. That's why I don't expect on it because I know it's my stable ground. But eight years ago, my Nan died. I was in a resident myself at the time. I was in Bartley Green. I was informed that Nan's dying because Nan called me that Monday and said, I haven't got much time, I'm not going to be here by the I laughed it off. I said, no, you're going to be fine. Hmm. Now that was my aspiration. Because I didn't want to accept it. And I was more of a rare aspiration, but I still wasn't that thin last of aspiration. But I know it's hmm. an aspiration today. Well, by the first day, yeah, um, I had a left uncle with grandma said. I said, thank you, Henry. My first biggest meltdown. I was putting stuff away in the ex-partner's fridge and freezer. I just collapsed in the ground. I couldn't do anything. That was my worst thing. And she came out because she heard me drop something. I think I was holding, not lucky, I was lucky. I was holding something, she heard it drop and came out. She said, what? what? I said, she's gone. She said, what? Oh, she didn't meet her, she knew of her. Hmm. And I said, she's gone. And I said, I don't know what to do. Because the two links that came me stable for so long in my life, because I'm not being my mum's sister, but my grandparents get me more stable than anyone else. It was like, wow, my barriers are gone. My security's gone. I can't hmm. touch man now. I can't say man. Help me now. Talk to me. So that's where wise works for you at the time. And then, you know, the patriots and white walking spokesman's wise works for you. Mm. It was at the time known as wise works for you. She wanted me to do something good for the computer. She always thought, fix computers, they could have. I started a journey. I started a blog. I started writing things as a page like you did with your coffee shop. Mm. I wanted to inspire people. My ethos of this page now, and I'll read you the full description how it is now, but the original ethos was you see so much negative on social media, so why not share positive words with you? Share Very true. Very true. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's difficult as individuals, any individual, but when somebody has had a major impact upon your life, isn't there anymore it is really hard i was very close to my nine and tide which is you know that well script for for yeah nine and tide is very close to my mind and nine and tide and was devastated <clears throat> their loss which is many moons ago now and um and you may have seen on social media i, I lost my mother um six seven weeks ago sadly during lockdown um she was diagnosed with terminal cancer and so she's no longer around and it, it's very weird because they're pivotal people in your lives obviously and you're like 
Swiss cheese bread, but I can just remember. I can remember you at the front desk one day and chatting to you there. I see, do remember chatting to you in the hallway by the staff room. There's a little flashes of memory I've got when we first got in touch. I was like, oh, I remember this, I remember that. And then there's huge bits of I can't, but please, please carry on. So he was a very shy, withdrawn man. I don't like using it, but hmm. it's what they used when they. Let me off with the warning for what I did in the conversation. Like I said before, thankfully, terminology, understandings, words, ideas, they're thankfully moving on to 21st century. And as they need to. Yeah, no, no, go on. Being socially inadequate So, I was basically me at the time. I wasn't going anywhere. I kept myself to myself. I was. Because I'm so used to being in my own bubble. My mum always kept me in my room. I never was involved in being in the front room. I was never involved in going to social stuff. I was never involved in doing anything because mum was so protective. It's, I'm just thinking there's some, there's some memories I'm sure coming back of. Oh, I can't remember. It's because so you, you, things are going in my brain. Oh, I seem to remember this. I seem to remember that. I seem to remember standing outside college. That is really weird, but with a vanilla milkshake from McDonald's. Don't ask me why. I have no idea where that's come from. But I remember standing outside the front of college and we're having a natter. And I I've, I've, think I've sloped across and I've got a vanilla milkshake with even McDonald's. Must be my break. Um, no, forgive me. That's, that is going back a bit, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. At the time of Christian's blog, I was only two years into doing a voluntary work at the radio. So David volunteered his pony to volunteer for a small community organization based in Penzance. Cool Penny Vega. David thoroughly enjoyed this as it was a place that accepted him for his ASD and anxiety issues, which is in um, related to being socially inadequate. He continued his blog and realized over time that it was being reached to a variety of people thinking and decided to venture and thanks to his former teacher, Alan Jones. Start finding and writing blog posts. But he says, if you find other posts, not just about you, just find other things that will get people's attention. Mm, get mm, mm. That would inspire people. This was the thing that made the difference, and David saw the numbers grow. So when I first started, it was only like 10 people reading the one post, and it was very small, it's like over 250 people read now. <laughs> That's brutal. And it is, isn't it? When you get into this social world, you're looking at the numbers as well, which is something I'm bad at, I must confess. Yeah, 
Um, David would be honest to say that he enjoys this venture and very rarely would share his enthusiasm with anyone. So that means being here, saying this is mine, do not touch, pause off, back mm. off, do not. So in 2016, we met Melissa, or as we call her in social media, Cosmic Star Central, like yeah. my wife, or at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. she too enjoyed the love of being inspiring. And only after a few months, David gave her the option to be part of the blog. So I trusted her in that first few months of talking to her to be part of my life and speak mm. in that circle. He also decided to rebrand the blog to reflect his commitment and trust in the to White Wolf Inspiration from my school. It is, which it is now. In 2017, David also took a big step in overcoming his social anxiety. Like, and this is how I go really to He's been a trip on the plane from UK Airport to Dublin Airport to JFK Airport and then on to Pittsburgh Airport. Wow, that's the bit I find like, wow. Because when you first got in touch, I was like, where are you? And I was like, wow, that is that is some journey, isn't it? That's a continent, culture, everything. A total of distance of 3,549 miles. Wow. And Pittsburgh is the nearest big airport. And that's about an hour from where I am. Um, Larry... Then got off the plane and met Melissa. The magic of love had drawn them together, and in a short moment of time, David knew Melissa was the one. And so, on her birthday, by chance, they made inquiries about how easy it would be for them to get married. So, we only knew each other a year. She was as other than David, and just got people around in that box. By chance, we went to the place where you get registered, and they said, Yeah, you can get registered. So, on that same day, we got married. <laughs> Wow! Oh wow, that is cool, and that is that is some huge journey. So, All those years as well, but especially the last few. So by this time, it's getting close to the end of experience in life and what America got to offer. I was only there, yeah, originally on a temporary visitor permit, and David often called it the American Dream. I was having surgery in the arts and stages a couple of days before he left, and Melissa saw tears in me, and so I was crying because I was. In that emotional state, and I've got to go. I don't want to mm. go. It's like when I used to see my grandparents, I used to mm. hate leaving them. Yeah, I know that one. He explained he didn't want to leave her and he wanted to stay with her as he loved her so much, loved being in America. She said to him, an immigrant, and Melissa's obviously got to say, privacy as well. But she knew it mostly about it, so she said to stay so good. So she said to him, immigrant, she said, now, as you know, David can be very smart. And after finding a restaurant, and this is still restaurant, and I'm not sponsored to say this, but this restaurant called Rapid Pizza. Yeah, yeah. And Rapid Pizza will take care of your place, you give them money, they like the thing that helps you prepare paperwork. It's the middleman ground where if you block all things, they work for you and they will go through things to give you and make it easy for you. Really good service. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'll put that link in the podcast and YouTube the later. But they decided to go for it. By this time, David was back in the UK and speaking to Melissa frequently on PayPal as he was able to answer remotely and do the necessary paperwork that was sent to himself and Melissa by a team viewer. Because I've been doing team viewer and lots of the radio stuff. He's team viewer. Yeah. He said, I've got paperwork. I was going to say, listen, can you log on to the computer? I can look. This was a very frustrating time for them both, and often it was frustrating. 
But after three appointments in London, including psychiatric assessment, which they have to make sure I work with off sound mind, they received email complaining that they were eligible to the great pain Wow. But the thing is, and it's two years, which is month, next couple of weeks, I think, is next week or something, they said, um, they said to me, I did a psychiatric appointment, they said, how soon do you want to be with your wife? I said, she met me later. And she said, give me five minutes to you have to answer. I said, the report come back. Yeah, that's okay. It's now being sent back to the season. You know, the mm. It's interesting in London, in Whitworth. And within that time, congratulations, here's your visa. A recap when she promised that I'll stop it. So she managed to persuade herself and get it. That's lush. So David and Melissa tell me to live in East Liverpool, which is where I'm now, and both regularly contribute on this page. The various subjects and also on their new streams and this also podcast, and I have to amend it, entitled to get there, and it was at the time for what but it's now the journey. Yeah. Um, the blog in recent months has continued and it's been what's inspiring us as courtesy of many talented inspirational people, as I was talking about David's love of many subjects. The core value is to educate and to inspire you all. So if you are disabled, young or elderly, be sure to share why you're I mean, the journey. Wow. You know, I mean, I, I had the chance a long time ago to, well, discuss the idea of going to Australia. But you know what? I was too afraid. I thought there's, there's too much in Britain. <coughs> um, I look back on it and think, yeah, I could have done maybe, but I didn't, and I'm really happy where I am now. But, um, but God, that is, that is some journey. But what held me back? Fear of anxiety, fear of Asperger's, fear of autism, fear of I've got nothing to say stable. Because, you know, America, you know, any country, I'm not just saying America, every country wants someone to come and do something to for that country. I was thinking, mm. what am I going to do to triple America? I'm not going to get to be in America because I'm fearful of that. I'll go for that. Melissa, luckily, was supportive. She said, you will be, you will be, you will be. Hmm. Her dad was alive at the time. I kept seeing him on FaceTime when she kept seeing him at the time. He had mental health issues as well, but he kept saying, when you come in, when you come in. Because he liked me. Hmm. Now, he didn't lose it with her. He was with her mum and sister, but he was a bit nursing and he was until he died last year, and I was there for Melissa. But mm-hmm. that shows how strong I've got in my answer. But I was feeling wanted for the first time in my life. I was wanted for who I was. You know, when I first came here, I was wanted for me. Yes, David, got a lovely accent. I'd like your accent. British accent. But, but that, I think, is, is gorgeous what you said just there. You were wanted and known for who you were. And I think that's. Um, that's what everybody wants, but we're often denied it, aren't we? And I think for to have that strength relationship, to cope with major life changes and not having the meltdowns, um, having the anxiety issues that go along with it, but or finding ways to to, to cope with them and to overcome the anxiety issues, it, it it just shows how far your journey has come. I can remember when my when my nine died, I was devastated. I think I went away and walked in the Welsh mountains and camped for two weeks. 
because uh, I just had to get away. You know, I just had to get away from everybody. I wanted to be on my own. That's one thing I want to get When Nan died, I was there when she got, you know, mm. naked, but I never had the time to say goodbye. Mm. Well, it's piece of my art always. Oh, so with mine. And it's really difficult at the moment because, as I said, my um, my parents lived, my father's still alive, in a place called Conway, which is in North Wales, down from Snowdonia a bit. Because of the current pandemic climate in Britain, let alone the world, um, they've just gone into lockdown, quite a major, different kind of lockdown to where we are. So seeing, going to see um, him is now really difficult because there's a lot of... Um, rates of infection then, people uh, testing positive for COVID and so forth, that we were, I'm going to give him a ring after this, we chatted there and I said, look, Dad, I don't think we're going to be up till after Christmas. And that's a long time. You know, I know you're further away, but I'm just thinking, you know, it's like you, Wales will always be a very, very, very important part because, to my and soul and to my life. Because I knew the Welsh language. And I adapted myself to Welsh. That was my main... I can't say Yeah, I... Adore, I adore Wales. I absolutely adore Wales. I can't get enough of it. And um, you know, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, the pictures here aren't of Wales. There's a picture in my main room. It's of, of the Snowdon Range and Llanbedys Lake, and it's just a, a painting from a, an old railway thing, which I got as a print. And I just sit there and look at it sometimes and go, you know, I've got bits of slate on my shelf that come from Snowdonia. <laughs> I pick them up and I'm going, I'm taking that's a bit of slate from my father worked at the quarry. Yeah, I'm putting that down. But but it, it just, I'm going to have to. Go in a minute, forgive me, but um, we've been on for ages. But it, it, it's... But the journey is, you know, you come to accept who you are. That's what I've come yeah. for, and that's what I want people to see and hear you from your journey. Thank you. It, it's, it's a journey that that's, feels like it's just started. Because accepting because... that I'm awesomely autistic, but all those years that people I've met... The, the jobs I've done, and almost everybody going, yeah, you're autistic, didn't you know? And I go, no, I didn't know I was awesomely autistic, but uh, and for whatever reason it's not known, but the insight now has happened with the help of my awesome partner as well. Um, it's brilliant. Yeah. I don't be inspiring. Be the way you are. That's the best way you can do that's and it's great to keep in touch as well. It, it was fantastic to and, hear from you. And being took a picture no, you never did say your real name. Well, would you believe? Um, I said I was late because of a guy dropping off a parcel. And he said to me, great name, mate. I said, yeah, I changed it legally 23 years ago. So 23 years ago, I went to a Slitters in Truro. I cycled there from where I lived in Probus at the time. And I went, I want to change my name. They said, to what? I said, Tigger. Because people have called at me for years. As I used to do some outdoor stuff and I used to run a lot. And I'd be bouncing up and down country lanes with a head torch on running home. And it just stuck and I don't want to change my name so it's, it is actually my oh, legal no. name yeah it is actually my legal name is Tigger so it's on the passport and um all my legal documentation and people people go really I go yeah and they don't believe me and I go no, so, I mean, to, no you don't have to say your <coughs> phone, but what's your original name begin with or was it something yeah it was it was it was Terry my birth name was Terry the story is that um there was a gap of about 11 years or so between myself and my brother. So I was, I was an unexpected um, little person arriving. But I was born two months premature. I was born and I weighed just over two pounds. And so I was born early. And in those days, this is the mid-60s. Technology was great, but not as good as it is now. But mum and dad were told, look, he's not, he's not going to make it. 
and mum was convinced it's going to be a girl and my welsh name would have been sean which is a beautiful name welsh for jane i think beautiful name yeah lovely name and when i was born and they went oh it's a boy apparently on the incubator i was hitting the incubator with my fists and with my feet and one of the nurses went oh he's like that boxer and apparently at the time there's a boxer called terry something <clears throat> and they were told by the by the guys in the hospital you know name him now and we'll get the minister to come in and do it because he's not going to last till the morning and the rest is history i decided you know what i am going to last and here i am all those decades later but i never felt that terry was my name so when people started calling me tigger as a nickname i liked it i adopted it and one day when i was going through quite a major change if i was and thinking on what i need to be and reinventing myself what different terms you want to use i suddenly thought everybody calls me tigger nobody calls me terry anymore that's all from you know my past oh. up, up country and stuff I <coughs> Because I'm lying, but I don't know my words. I was born in 1982. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just fitted for me as it does for you. It fitted with me. And then one day I thought, you know what, I'm going to change it. And I did. I don't think I told anybody at the time. I think it cost the amazing sum of £34.76, something crazy like that. And they went, yeah, come back in a couple of weeks, we'll have the certificates for you from the solicitors. And then you have a main copy and you send out these copies to like your doctors, the NHS um you know um birth certificates passport and i changed my name and you know what I've, i'll finish on this because i do have to go so i've got i've been zooming all day so i've got one more to do tonight but yeah. <clears throat> i can feel my voice feeling the strain but um when i landed in in nepal in Kathmandu, i was really frightened i was really scared and i walked up with my passport on my rucksack and i bought some bags for the clothes for the kids we were working with and stuff quite a lot on me and i kind of walked up there and i went to the passport office and gave my passport and this woman looked at it in the most beautiful English. She went to me, wow, were your parents, um, did your parents like Winnie the Pooh? And I was so amazed. I just went, yeah, in perfect English. I didn't expect it. And, and I went, yeah, they didn't. She went, lovely. Welcome to Kathmandu. Welcome to Nepal. And I went, thank you. Namaste. And off I went. I'll never forget that because that was like, wow, I can't believe that. It was like, wow. But I, this has been lush. Forgive me. I've, I've got to go, but we can natter I'll again. Send, Keep in I'll, touch. I'll uh, send you, you know, I need your email afterwards. Oh yes, I'll send it. I'll send it now. Yeah. Send the video and um, the audio. You can share it on your podcast, your YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but thank you. So we can natter again off podcast and say hi to each other. Best of luck with everything over there. And really, keep being you as well. Yeah, and you keep being you. It's it's it is a journey, and I'm I'm lucky to have the support of so many awesome individuals to know so many awesome individuals, and it's a journey I'm awesomely lushingly so carrying on with i keep drinking my coffees as well because it keeps me awake. take care and forgive me for going but i'm on again in a couple of hours look after yourself all right thank you for everything take care man bye